Welcome to the Jackson Cloud. I'm Bob's Burgers. I'm Pajama Casey. And I'm the showman. And these are our Halloween costumes. Tune in on Friday as we carve pumpkins. You will see the great artistic expressions, namely of Olivia. Namely of Olivia. <laughs> Pretty much, yep. But we'll carve them too. And fail epically. Indubitably. Uh, we are in our final episode of Genesis. It's been a long time coming in. Here we are, 49 and 50. 50 is just kind of a bookend, so I'm just going to condense it. But in 49, Jacob goes on to bless all of his sons because he's, he's on his deathbed. He's, he's ready to die. So he brings them all together. He's about to breathe his last. He says, assemble, Avengers. And listen, O sons of Jacob. That's, that's, that's not that. Listen to Israel, your father. He brings up Reuben. He's the firstborn. He was the first child that he had between any of his wives slash concubines. And uh, um, he doesn't give Reuben the greatest blessing, which is not that shocking if you're used to the... <laughs> well, several things. You guys remember what Reuben did to dad? Slept with one of his, oh, oh, yeah. his concubines. That's so, right. Not that shocking that dad's like, yeah, you're not getting the, like, mega blessing. But uh, also at the same time, it's not uncommon throughout the Genesis story to bless younger ones. But Reuben, Reuben's off the list for the things that he's done. Uh, he doesn't get, uh, well, let's kind of read it and decide if you think it's positive or negative. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might, and the first fruits of my strength. Preeminent in dignity and preeminent in power. Unstable as water. You shall not have preeminence because you went up to your father's bed. You defiled it. He went up to my couch. The couch nonetheless. I'm not sure what that. <laughs> Real quick, how old a difference, age difference is Reuben with, with Jacob? I don't know. You always ask this question. We didn't keep a long list of... I know, but like, I feel like... Reuben's been around long enough that he's like 50 and getting this blessing. Like, Well, dad's like 140-ish. So he's he's probably so also he's like, like 100, 100 years yeah, old. Yeah. 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 So I'm just like, you're blessing an old man? Like, most of his life has happened. Like, what can <laughs> well, you bless at this point? But we need to be thinking, too, this is the end of Genesis. What's coming in future books? Lots of things are coming in future books. What do you mean? There's a lot of future books. (laughs) Why might this book be zooming in on words to define these 12 children? Because you're trying to, like, categorize the 12 tribes of Judah? It's prophetic foreshadowing, right? This is Genesis, the end of the book, but he brings them all together to uh he says this gather yourselves together that i may tell you what shall happen to you in the days to come so in each one of these prophetic words there is also like a uh statement about here's what your tribe is going to turn into and in this case reuben you don't get the blessing because of the things you've done and there's probably these overtones of your tribe is preeminent in dignity and power but as unstable as water (laughs) so you won't have preeminence so there are these statements, and I don't have every last uh, text of like the whole Old Testament to show you where these go. That would take us too long. But 
like it's speaking into the books that are to come and the prophetic foreshadowing of, of where each one's going to go. Simeon and Levi, you guys remember what they did? Didn't they, like, genocide a town? Yeah, they led the charge, which they were uh, reasonably upset that their sister had been raped. They were reasonably upset that their dad didn't seem to care or do any, or at least not do anything about it. But they then did what happens every time you see uh, rape happen in the Bible. They went to just a full level of like chaos and destruction as Hulk their smash. answer. So they went and killed every man in a whole town after making them do very painful things. And then take the rest of the town pretty much captive uh treat them as as reward of sorts so yeah Simeon and Levi they were the ones who led the charge the other brothers also participated in some sense I think Casey pointed out it seemed like they might have only like taken all the booty that there was left all the treasure but they were Simeon and Levi were the ones like would you like to comment that I used the word booty (laughs) (laughs) Simeon and Levi I'm sorry the 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 <clears throat> That's another word. I'm gonna, I'm gonna thesaurus booty really quick. Thesaurus That's a terrible decision. Booty. Plunder. There we go. Takings, wingings, swag, prize, or more appropriately to what we actually see, pillage, right? This is probably more like taking your stuff. Uh, anyways. Reuben, no, Simeon and Levi, a lot of people, if you'll remember when we did this episode about Dinah, it's an episode we did called Atrocity to Atrocity. When we did that episode, we pointed out, like, people will read stories like this and just think, like, oh, yeah, that was appropriate. Just go and kill. God was into that. Right here, we're seeing in this story, like, no, even Jacob's calling out, like, you guys, you kill the whole town. Like, that's not the way that you respond to, to anything. So, you can't read that story and be like, that was an appropriate reaction. Simeon and Levi are brothers. Jacob's about to condemn what they did. Weapons of violence are their swords. Let my soul come not into their counsel. Right? Don't let them make decisions about, about things. Oh, my glory be not joined to their company. For in their anger they killed men. And in their willfulness... They hamstrung oxen. Anybody want to explain why that matters? Go ahead, Olivia. <laughs> I don't know what hamstrung. that means. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I do want to... I, I know where this is going, but do you know what hamstrung means? Like, I think it was like to... Like, give a hindrance to? Just like if like I pull a, my hamstring? No. Like, it would... It would be giving a hindrance to, or like a... What is that called? A, It's like crippling. Right. Yeah. So when you like pull your hamstring. Mm-hmm. Right. Then you can't what? You can't walk super well anymore. Right. right. You have to limp. Yeah. So this is what they did is they crippled the animals. They they pulled their hamstrings. They Or as it said, uh, hamstrung the oxen. Oxen in ancient times, like that's your cream of the crop when it comes to getting... It's tractors, you know, it's how yeah. you get all your farming done. So not only do they like take all, like destroy this village, 
But then they like mess with their tractors. They poured E85 into their diesel engines and now they can't run right anymore. Why? Why do my analogies always get a face palm? I'm just trying to be like Casey. <laughs> Casey's analogies also always get a face palm. From you, I, and from you, I just laugh at your face. I don't face palm you. <laughs> anyway, I I would think more as if it would be like shutting off electricity to a town. Like no, they, can, they still... can still move. I guess you can if you pour the wrong. Olivia, third analogy, go. They hamstrung the oxen. Well, that's a fine analogy because that's what happened. But that's like a direct analogy. That's not an analogy at that point. They crippled them. They can no longer do all the work that they need to do because the oxen are limping, right? Okay. Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce, and their wrath, for it is cruel. I'll divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. You think positive or negative? (laughs) Pretty negative. Very negative. Sounds positive to me. So anyone who just reads the story of how... Like, oh yeah, they killed the whole town. Like, God used them to do that. Absolutely not. And here's Jacob himself saying, what the heck was wrong with you guys? You know, like, I hope I don't end up in your council room. These are the decisions you make, idiots. All right. Judah, your brothers shall praise you. Seem positive or negative? That's positive so far. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. That sounds weird. Yeah, but... I guess if you're thinking, like, you're going to win battles or whatever. Your father's son shall bow down before you. Judah is a lion's cub. Is that... Okay, those two words together. Feeling familiar? Any Christian lingo you're feeling? I mean, lions are often used throughout the Bible. What does Simba have to do with any of this? Lion of... Judah. Yeah, yeah. This is where this comes from, right here. Is that Judah is prophesied to be a lion's cub. So, Lion of Judah, that phrase, which we're going to find in Revelation, looking back at this, this is where it comes from. Uh, so, when you see that, or you think of like Aslan, these kinds of different themes, a lot of that comes birthed out of way back when in, in the Bible. Judah is a lion's cub from the prey. My son, you have gone up. He stooped down. He crouched as a lion. And as a lioness, who dares to rouse him? The scepter shall not depart from Judah. What scepter is for? Royalty. Royalty, yep, leadership. Uh, Nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until tribute comes to him. And to him shall be the obedience of the people's. Blinding his fall to the vine and his donkey's colt to the choice vine. He has washed his garments in wine and his vesture in the blood of grapes. His eyes are darker than wine and his teeth whiter than milk. Okay, there's a lot of poetry there, but essentially it's just saying like, you know, your land is going to be so lush, like if your donkeys trample the grapes, big deal. You got plenty to go off of. Also, you're going to be so rich. You know, in those like weird movies where like royalty bathes in milk. You know what I'm talking about? Isn't that like a thing? Isn't that supposed to be like an ancient spa technique or something? I don't know. That's so gross. I think it's just think of all the cows that you just like squeezed into there and now you just sit in it. Well, you know, cow's milk is warm when it comes out of the udder, 
So it's probably the only way for them to have gotten warm bath in that time. Do you have any other jokes? No. We should just move on. Ooh, that was utterly embarrassing. How many times are you going to try to use the word utter in a sentence? I don't know. It's giving me spots. No, that one didn't work. Okay. <laughs> How now, brown cow? All right. What were we talking about? Uh, right. Milk. Milk. Well, okay. So in this case, they say you'll wash your garments in wine. Like, Judah... Judah is going to have, think of it in the same way. Like, first off, who would wash their garments in wine? No one that's stupid. It's going to get so stained. But Unless they <laughs> want it to become purple. Yeah. But the idea was more or less like, think of the fine drinks. Okay, now imagine washing your clothes in that. Like, that's, that's the blessing upon Judah. I feel like the alcohol would evaporate, though. Probably. Were you going to eat your clothes? I don't know where this is going. <laughs> no, but if you're watching it in wine, like, the alcohol content would evaporate from it, which means it would dry quicker. I don't, I don't know where we're going with this anymore. <laughs> I don't know either. We went from negative on Reuben, mm-hmm. negative on Simeon, mm-hmm. negative on Levi. We are now on son four, <laughs> and he's the one who gets the positive. So he's the one with the mega blessing. In fact, just looking at your like spaces between paragraphs, this one's like almost the biggest, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, when it comes to Judah, he's got the biggest blessing upon him or like the most choice blessing. Things are going to be really good and the scepter shall not depart from him. Now, who comes from the tribe of Judah? There is a king. Pretty well known in the Old Testament. I know it. I'm waiting to see if... Sure you do. Would be Samson, right? <laughs> no, Samson no. wouldn't be a king so much as like... David? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So David... David is... Well, was Samson? I think Samson was Dan. Uh, but David is the king upon which all the promises of Jesus rest, right? Mm-hmm. The scepter will never depart from Judah. scepter will never depart from... David, who is a king who comes from the line of Judah. The scepter will never depart from Jesus, who is the final king of the line of Judah. And the reason that he's the final king is because he's not dead, right? He's still alive, and he can never die, and he's still got the scepter. So, in fact, is this passage actually used right in line with Jesus in the New Testament? Scepter shall never depart from Jesus? verse uh maybe it just stays in genesis okay well jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of this so we've seen so many promises about jesus throughout genesis which is still just mind-boggling to me you know like you always think like maybe by the time we get to like the prophets then we'll start talking about jesus because we're just a, a little bit away but it's really it's like genesis 3 One day the serpent will strike the heel of a descendant of humanity, but humanity will destroy the serpent, crush his head. That was Jesus. And that was probably what I would say the angel of the Lord was the one who said that out loud. So it's like Jesus, the angel of the Lord, saying, here's a foreshadowing. prophesying about about himself? Yeah, but he does the same thing at uh, Abraham and uh, Isaac, right? 
Uh, you don't need to sacrifice Isaac. God will provide the sacrifice. God will provide his son. It's the angel of the Lord. It's Jesus. He's the one who says it. Now, this is Jacob saying it this time. But we see these prophetic words throughout Genesis foreshadowing Jesus, who is to come many, many books later. Right. Now, here's kind of a question. Hmm. Why did he give like the mega blessing to Judah and not to the line of Joseph? Well, he is going to give a mega blessing to Joseph. This one down here is but also for Joseph. But if that's like the mega blessing, like, why is like, I don't know, why does it seem like the way that the blessing continues is through Judah and not through Joseph? It's a good question. Because um, like, it seems like the book was foreshadowing that like, all right, you well, know, in our Joseph last chapter, is, yeah, like, Joseph was a big deal when it came to blessing, right? Right, but it was still like, if he's doing the recap, why does it seem to like pivot? Like, well, let's see what we think once we get to Joseph's blessing here in a second. I'm trying to remember what Judah was especially known through, known for throughout his story. Um, see, I don't remember what Judah did except for he was probably one of the brothers that put Joseph down, you know, in the beginning. Well, that's what I'm trying to remember. Was he one? I think Reuben was the one who tried to stop it, but he might have just been trying to win his dad's attention. Right. Uh, since he messed everything up with dad. Uh, I don't remember offhand. It'll take me a little too long to find out. But let us know in the comments, what do you think, uh, what was Judah known for that would make dad put his blessing on him? My initial reaction would be, this is an attempt to bless the firstborn of all the tribes of Israel. And Judah ended up being the most early up the list who did, who he felt comfortable blessing in that way. But that would be the mad irony since the Bible's always looking for like the younger one to bless, right? Right. Well, like, I mean, was Judah even... I mean, we know he wasn't Rachel's because that was Joseph and Benjamin. So, like, what wife did Judah come from? I want to say it was uh, Leah, but I could be wrong. I don't So, it could be the youngest one of Leah's? Although, didn't Leah have, like, five or six? I don't know. Anyway, for me, it just, I don't know. It feels like it could be one of those, the younger one of Leah kind of a thing. Well, you might even be able to think, like, the blessing upon all of... All of Israel, who's the the first one representing them all, and in this case, it'd be skipping a few. One, two, skip a few. Stop at Judah. four. <laughs> one, two, skip yeah. a few. I mean, one, and then four. Uh, yeah. So, well, we got a few more. We'll, these ones we go through quick. Zebulon shall dwell at the shore of the seas. He shall become a haven for ships, and his border shall be at Sidon. We don't know much about what that means, but my guess is. You know, throughout history, you probably found that uh, Zebulun um, ends up being like a historically related to sea people. Issachar is a strong donkey, crouching between the sheepfolds. He was a that arresting place. He saw that arresting place was good and the land was pleasant. He bowed his shoulders bare and became a servant at forced labor, foreshadowing some that he's going to get into. And then here's one that's interesting. Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. 
Dan shall be a serpent in the way, a viper by the path that bites the horse's heels so that his rider falls backward. I wait for your salvation, O Lord. <laughs> wow. Any so, thoughts on that one? What do you think? Positive or negative? That one's uh, negative. That's pretty negative. What words stand out to you to take it that way? Because at first, you know, Dan shall judge his people. Usually you think of judges as like, oh, well, that's, right? that's good. But then it feels like it shifts, which makes us think, oh, maybe Dan's judgment is really bad, you know, and like you don't want him to be a judge of people. Yeah, I mean, he's being called a serpent and a viper, and his that he's going to hurt his riders. Yeah, and let's remember serpent, right? That word Nahash that has come up in Genesis before, back in Genesis 3, the serpent of the Garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. And there's another word here that comes up in the same story. The serpent is going to have his head... Uh, well, the serpent's going to strike the heel of basically the Messiah who is to come. What word is here? He bites horses' heels. So we've got like two <laughs> mega words tying Dan to... Judas? Well, okay, so that's an interesting thought. I don't know what tribe Judas was of um, and if they're trying to pull any connections there. But I will say this. This is, this is intriguing. The list of the 12 tribes in Revelation... Dan isn't in it. <laughs> in fact, I kind of want to go there really quick. Twelve tribes of Revelation. Uh, Revelation 7. So in Revelation 7, you've got Judah. He lists Judah first, interestingly, right. right? Reuben, Gad, Asher, Naphtali, Manasseh. Manasseh was one of the sons of Joseph. Simeon, Levi, Issachar, Zebulun, Joseph, and the tribe of Benjamin. Now, is that 12? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. So there's 12. He left out Ephraim. Seems like he just summed him up in Manasseh since they were both children of Joseph. Uh, and then he also uh, left out Dan. Dan. Dan's gone. So, one bookend of the Bible, the beginning with Genesis, talks about how Dan is going to be, uh, uses words related to Satan, <laughs> right? And then the other bookend of the Bible is clearly reflecting on the blessings of of these people because he put Judah first so he's clearly like thinking of the blessings that were on that Jacob put on the tribes and then he just skips Dan do you think he's intentionally thinking of Dan as like related to Satan or missing from the tribes in the end as though like this one was chosen but fell short at Definitely makes me feel like Dan was the troublemaker of the family. We have this... Which is quite something, since the family is full of troublemakers. <laughs> That's true. We did have this running joke at a, a pastor's meeting last month where I brought this up, and we just turned Dan into, like, the Karen of Scripture. So, <laughs> so it was just like, Dan, anytime we thought of someone, someone who did something wrong or messed something up. Well, Come on, Dan. Well, here's the other thing, too, that I'm slightly, like, confused by is, yeah, they have 
Everybody that's like of the same age, and then Manasseh is like of the next generation, still included in this generation. And he's moved up the list as far as it's going. Is 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 Manasseh, is that where Dan should be? Could, no, maybe not. I don't know. Because we've already seen Zebulon. Right. And it's just totally out of order. Yeah, except Judas listed first intentionally. Because Jesus is, you know... Well, right. I'm not Christ. saying this order is yeah, yeah, intentional. Yeah. I'm just saying it's a very different order than yeah. we saw in Genesis. Even though Joseph and Benjamin are in the right order, so... Yeah. Well, it's possible here, though, that John is just going off of... Um, uh, off of thoughts back then. The, here, let me quote one scholar. Uh, Gordon D. Fee, the omission of Dan is especially noteworthy since from a very early time, Irenaeus... Uh, it was suggested that Dan was omitted due to a tradition that the Antichrist <laughs> was to come from Dan. Such a view probably related to bad press Dan receives in the Old Testament, beginning in Jacob's blessing. Because again, Satan, serpent, bite the heel. John, when he's writing Revelation, pictures, well, he just straight up says that that ancient serpent is Satan. And clearly when he gets to this part about the 12 tribes and he's thinking of the serpent and Satan, it seems to me, and I could be wrong, it seems to me he just throws Dan in there. So like, this is the, the, the um, Susan of Narnia right here. <laughs> you, you probably haven't read all seven of the books. No, all seven. Have you read all seven? I haven't read any of them. Well, you, you can't assume that. No, I can't. I know no one who's read all seven except Casey. And, uh, okay, our, I still know watchers. what happens to Susan. What happens with Susan? She gets obsessed with her looks and she falls out. Oh, ha. I didn't know this. Yeah, okay. How do you know that? <laughs> Alec is a huge nerd. Okay, but he was a Tolkien more than Narnia. Okay, yes, he likes Tolkien better than C.S. Lewis, but like he still very much geeks over C.S. Lewis. Like, okay. it's, it would be like when he runs into Tolkien stuff. C.S. Lewis, like, holds him over to when there's more Tolkien stuff. Whereas I'm the opposite. But, like, as evidenced by all my C.S. Lewis books and pictures over there. Anyways, um, Dan's missing. Think of it like Susan, right? There was a bunch of people who were chosen, chosen to become Narnians, to, to go and save and bring about blessing. And one of them in the end... Bit people's heels. I, I don't know. I, I'm just, just going with the flow here. But I did want to point that out because it's interesting what the Bible does with it. And if, if it's even more interesting to me if John is possibly suggesting that the Antichrist comes from Dan, that should be like a powerful warning, I feel like, to us. Because we always think of the Antichrist as like coming from the secular world, you know? Like. Mm -hmm. One day a true atheist among atheists will rise up and destroy Christianity. Whereas it's possible here where John's like, Dan. <laughs> Dang it, Dan! Why is it always Dan? So Dan's the one who possibly rises up here and your, your, your worst enemy becomes the one among you. I still can't get over the idea of thinking that like, it's like a carrot. <laughs> like, I still can't get over that. Though The one who should be on the end ends up being the one who's so far on the out that they're like actually an opponent to God. Possibly, if that's what we're doing here. Okay, so I want to draw attention to that one. The other ones are quick. Uh, 
Raiders shall raid Gad. Not happy there. Asher's food shall be rich, and he shall yield royal delicacies. Possibly good, maybe. Uh, Naphtali is a doe let loose that bears beautiful fawns. Okay, sure. And then Joseph gets another long one. Joseph's a fruitful bough. Is that pronounced that way? Bow, bow, burr. A fruitful bough by a spring. His branches run over the wall. The archers bitterly attacked him, shot at him, and harassed him severely. Yet his bow remained unmoved. What is that poetic for? His story, right? Is that everyone tried to mess him up, and yet he remained strong. His arms were made agile by the hands of the mighty one of Jacob. Uh, from there is a shepherd, the stone of Israel. By the God of your Father who will help you, by the Almighty who will bless you with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that crouches beneath, blessings of the breasts and of the womb, the blessing of your Father, are mighty beyond the blessings of my parents up to the bounties of the everlasting hills. May they be on the head of Joseph and on the brow of him who is set apart from his brothers. Benjamin's a ravenous wolf. <laughs> In the morning devouring the prey and at the evening dividing the spoil. I think Benjamin's tribe was known later to be very skilled archers, so that could be like a possibly a, a word towards that. But Joseph gets a long, a long blessing as well, just and partially from the whole story that's already happened to him. The blessing has clearly been seen upon him right. of all twelve brothers. So he since he helped save the twelve brothers. Mm-hmm. So we have that. Then from there, uh, Jacob breathes his last as soon as he's done doing that. And uh, they embalm him with an Egyptian embalming, which takes 40 days. And then all of Egypt wails for 70 days, weeps for him. And then they take him to the cave of his fathers and fathers and grandpa and grandma and all of them. He's buried in the same place. And that's more or less where the story of Genesis ends, except all the brothers come back to Joseph, because now that dad's dead, they're like, please don't kill us now. <laughs> you didn't just keep us alive because dad was still here, right? And I mean, Joseph, we still at least have Benjamin, right? <laughs> and Joseph, yeah, okay, so maybe that's what they're thinking. We see what you're doing with Benjamin, that you were just trying to save him, not all of us, but you gave in. Um, but then... Joseph replies with the same thing he said earlier. Why, why do bad things happen? Joseph is like, in this particular case, I went through suffering because God needed to use me in this way to save all of you. So, um, and then Joseph dies. And that brings us to the end of Genesis. And it sets you up to be ready for the start of Exodus. Uh, he tell, Joseph tells his own brothers, I'm about to die. God will visit you and bring you out of this land to the land that he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob. Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died, being 110 years old. They embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. And the next book starts in Egypt, where everybody who is Hebrew is now slaves. And the new pharaoh has forgotten all about Joseph, knows nothing about him, and is persecuting the Hebrews among him. And this is where God rises up to save his people. And so the next book is a book of liberation, picking up, oh, how long later is that? I want to say a few hundred years, but 
that number escapes me at the moment. Any last thoughts before we wrap up? Genesis is a long, long book. It's a long, long book, it is. It's an actual song, or you just made it up? Because I'm searching my VeggieTales Megabank, and I got nothing. I mean, I stole the tune from something. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Yeah. <laughs> a wee little man was he. All right. Well, in that case, congratulations. You have made it through a 50-chapter book. Where will we go next? I have ideas. Most likely Exodus. I have other ideas. Whoa. It's very clickbaity. I think you all know what I'm thinking. No, revelation. No, revelation. Yeah. <laughs> Look, man, people Google Revelation all the time. I'm just trying to clickbait them in here. Uh-huh. It's a very pastoral thing to do. <laughs> you will never believe what the dragon said to the woman on the moon. See, I'm already making it work. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe <laughs> down below. And join us on the Discord. And beat me to the first comment, if you dare. <laughs> and we'll you can't see you. do that while you're dressed as Pajama Sam. Yeah. It's not right. That would be darkness. You need, oh, If you right. want to be the bad guy who is really just misunderstood in Pajama Sam lore, you have to be darkness. I lost my cloak. I don't know where that black cloak is. <laughs> <laughs>